My name is Jim Fleming, and this is Our Sunday School. Our Sunday School is part of Stewart Heights Baptist Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee. To prepare for this lesson, please go to OurSundaySchool.com for a copy of today's handout. Now, let's get to this week's lesson. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Our Sunday School. Uh, so let's practice what we did last week. So He is risen. Amen. He's still risen. That's awesome. You know, we, I, I have found that in uh, the churches I've been blessed to be a part of, uh, sometimes we have this tendency to make a really big deal about the resurrection on Easter, and then we have this theological amnesia. It's like, no, 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 no. The tomb is empty every single day. This is really, really good news. This is why we keep talking about it. So, uh, so today I am excited to announce that we are starting Mark chapter 16. And for those of you that are keeping track uh, or not, uh, this is the last chapter in Mark. Uh, and I am, ex- what's wrong, Jules? Oh, okay. You were giving me that, nope, you're screwing something up, look, so. Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. habit, yes. <laughs> I heard somebody say a couple of weeks ago, maybe it was a couple of months ago, the only thing... The only thing holding that together is inertia and paint. And I, and I thought, yeah, that's, that's true some days. So that was the look I was getting. It was like, nope, your, your inertia and paint are about to, like, that's going to that's gonna give. So. so today, as we have done for quite some time, um, we're going to, this is actually the 16th one of those, of these lessons that, we've, that we're going to do. We didn't do one for chapter one, because we did a big introduction, and we just finished the, talking about the Bible series, but we did two for chapter 14, so... It averages out, which is kind of cool. But uh, I went back and I listened to several of these lessons uh, the last couple of weeks. And Dave, do you remember the circumstances for when you taught this overview chapter two? Yeah, you were. You were sick. I was. Yep. Uh, actually, it wasn't that morning. It was. You were actually in the hospital room. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So for those of you uh, who don't know, tomorrow is Carmen Godfrey Day. And uh, Carmen is our family friend slash nurse who, when I texted her nine days after my uh, spinal fusion, said uh, with my symptoms, which were uh, my leg is very stiff, it's swollen twice the size of the other one, and it hurts incredibly, uh, she texted me uh, some exceedingly great advice, which was go to the ER. Uh, because I was experiencing blood clots in my leg. And I uh, got to spend a few days and have another surgery where they put some fancy stuff in that, uh, like, rotor-rooted all of my uh, arteries. And I am great to go now, so fantastic stuff. But, uh, but the first one of these that we did was more about a, let's not forget what our process is, because our process is actually what we're practicing, and we're using Mark to practice the process. Uh, and I think that we can, in fact, have a Bible-informed process when talking about the Bible and teaching the Bible and engaging each other with the Bible. So what I have handed out this morning, for those of you in the room, are, and some of you are like, uh, and I, I kind of had a feeling you two would be the overachievers in the room, so I was just, I'm just going to call you out right now. Uh, they've put the verses in their Bible tabbed according to where they're going to go. So fantastic, well done. Uh, But I will be calling on each of you to read those verses out loud because we've got a lot of verses to get through today and I would love to hear your voices. 
so we will start with number one here in just a minute, which is Psalm 119.18, but not yet. Uh, so for those of you online, uh, you can grab a copy of today's handout at OurSundaySchool.com. And uh, welcome to all of you online. There's a whole host of you online. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. And, uh, and we'll start with process step number one. And Dave, if you could go forward a couple of slides, that'd be awesome. Uh, which is to pray. So I'm going to pray for our class as we engage through uh, Mark chapter 16. Uh, but before I pray, let's talk about Psalm 19, and I have no idea who I handed these to, but Psalm 119.18. So who's got that? Excellent. All right. Nice and loud for all the kids in the back. What kind of things? Wonderful. Wonderful, yes. Which is what we get to do. Like, they let us do this every week. Is this not crazy? <laughs> we get to go look at these amazing, wonderful things every single week. So one of our attitudes is expectancy, that we expect to see and hear and engage something from God. Uh, so our actions, we're going to pray for illumination, wisdom, for hearing for the hearers. So who's got James 1.5? James 1.5. Yes, sir. So they are numbered, by the way. There's a small number in the upper left-hand corner that tells you which one is next. You're like, oh, that's what that number is for. Yes. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him hope and wish and pray and click refresh on Facebook until said wisdom appears magically. Is that, I missed that, didn't I? Yeah, let him ask of God, yes. This is one of the things that we do before we talk about the Bible, is we ask God for wisdom. Uh, and then Revelation 2, 7, just the first clause, it actually shows up, uh, I think, seven, eight times in Revelation chapters two and three. Who's got that, Revelation two, yep. He who has an ear, so raise your hands if you have ears. You have ears? I see those hands online. No, it's like the worst Baptist preacher ever. Um, sorry. It's probably an inappropriate joke, so we'll edit that out maybe. Um, yeah, he who has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. And the Spirit is speaking. The Spirit speaks through the Word of God. Uh, so let's pray for illumination, for wisdom, and that we might hear. So, Father, we thank you for... An empty tomb. Uh, we thank you that Jesus was serious about his words when he said, in three days I will rise. We thank you that he is seated at your right hand. We thank you that you have given us the Holy Spirit to illuminate the text so that we can understand you and obey you. We ask for wisdom. We ask for, uh, for receptive ears. We ask for uh, your truth to be made plain so that we can go and not be the Pharisees that we have studied about for 15 chapters, but to be the believers that we should be, rightly applying your word to our lives, boldly proclaiming uh, to a lost and dying world that we should repent and believe in the gospel. And, uh, and we thank you again for the beautiful things, the wonderful things that you will show us from Mark chapter 16. And uh, we ask these things in Christ's name. Amen. 
All right, so process step number two is to hear. So I'm going to, in a couple of minutes, read all the way through Mark chapter 16. Uh, but our attitudes here are respect and deference. Um, I've, I've toyed with several different versions of this, and I think the one I want to land on is be quiet and sit still. Right? I, I used to say, like, shut up and sit still. And it was a bit rude. I get it. So, like, be quiet and still. Uh, so who's got Nehemiah chapter 8, verses 1 through 4? Yes? And all the people gathered as one man into the square before the water gate. And they told Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses that the Lord had commanded Israel. So Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly, both men and women and all who could understand what they heard on the first day of the seventh month. And he read from it, facing the square before the water gate from early morning until midday. From when? From early morning until midday. In the presence of the men and the women and those who could understand. And, all the, and the ears of all the people were attentive to the book of the law. And Ezra the scribe stood on a wooden platform that they had made for the purpose. And beside him stood Mattathiah, Shema, Ananiah, Uriah, Hilkiah, and Messiah um, on his right hand, and Padiah, Mishael, Malkiha, yep. Hashem, Hashbanada, Hashbanada. Aren't you glad you didn't get that sticky note, right? Holy mackerel, yes. Now, the reason verse 4 is critically important is it illustrates that this is not a, a, like a single sport, right? If, if they gave medals out at the Olympics for Bible study, it would be a team sport. It would not be an individual sport. And way, 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 way too often we engage the scripture as, well, what does God say to me today? And I have my little, and it's about me, and what in my life, and whoa, record scratch. Like we don't ever see that anywhere in the entire scripture. Um, so this idea that we are attentive to the reading of scripture uh, because of a lot of things, but one of them is 1 Timothy 4.13. So who's got 1 Timothy 4.13? Yes, ma'am. Oh, Okay. 1 Timothy 4.13. There we go. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, and to teaching. Yes, there we go. So Paul is telling Timothy, his son in the faith, you devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture. Like, this is important stuff. Um, and if there is anything uh, from a skill perspective that I have been convicted of and tried to do better at, it is 1 Timothy 4.13, as we have gone through Mark's gospel. So let's read Mark chapter 16. And if you want to listen, that's great. If you want to read along, that's great. Uh, but the process is to hear. So up to you. So Mark chapter 16. I am so excited about this. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so that they might go in and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. And they were saying to one another, Who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? And looking up, they saw that the stone had been rolled back. It was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed in a white robe, and they were alarmed. And he said to them, do not be alarmed. 
you seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go and tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. And they went out and fled from the tomb, for trembling and astonishment had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. Now, we will talk about what your Bible says between verses 8 and 9 a lot, but not today. So I'm going to keep reading verses 9 through 20. Now, when he rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, from whom he had cast out seven demons. She went and told those who had been with him as they mourned and wept. But when they heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, they would not believe it. And after these things, he appeared in another form to two of them as they were walking in the country. And they went back and told the rest, but they did not believe them. And afterward, he appeared to the eleven as they were reclining at table, and he rebuked them for their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they had not believed those who saw him after he had risen. And he said to them, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons, they will speak in new tongues, they will pick up serpents with their hands, and if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick, and they will recover. So then, the Lord Jesus, after he had spoken to them, was taken up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere, while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the message by accompanying signs. And that, my friends, is the end of Mark. This is week 161. I think I'm allowed to be excited, so there's that. Uh, all right, so process step number three. So this is, this is kind of the, the table group portion of this. Um, so if you guys want to, like, join together or join together somehow, that's cool. Uh, but the next section here is uh, thinking about Scripture. This, our attitudes here are humility, wonder, steadfastness. Uh, we are called to think about God's word day and night. Uh, so who's got Psalm 119.15? Yes, sir, go for it. Nice and loud. I meditate on your precepts and your way. Absolutely. Isn't that beautiful? And then who's got Psalm 119.48? Awesome. Good. I reach out for your commands, which I love, that I may meditate on your truth. Absolutely. And then Psalm 1, verse 2. Awesome. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Do you get a, you picking up a theme here? Like this is not a, like, oh, we can push pause on No, no, we actually don't get to push pause on that. And then Colossians 3, 2. Yes, sir. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. Seems pretty straightforward, doesn't it? <laughs> there we go. Awesome. So I'm going to give you uh, three minutes. What I would love for you to do as a table. So again, you want to group together a little bit. So, got it. Uh, as a table, what you want to do is you want to pick one of the sections. So in the uh, ESV, there's a section on the resurrection, verses one through eight. There's a section. 9 through 11, Jesus appears to Mary Magdalene. There's 12 and 13, Jesus appears to two disciples. And then 14 through 20, 
uh, the Great Commission. So four different sections there. So pick a section uh, collectively as a table, and then I'm going to give you three minutes. This is not this is not a talk time. This is a think time to think about to think about. And if you want to write down any questions or observations, feel free. Uh, but to think about that text. So I'm going to go ahead and start our clock now. So I'll see you back in three minutes. Let's transition into our next section, the talk section. Uh, so our attitudes here 
are incompleteness and teachableness, which I'm still not 100% sure is in fact a word. Uh, but I believe it is what Jesus illustrated in Luke 2.52. So, ah. <laughs> All right, Luke 2.52. Yes, sir. Absolutely. So the, one of the things that just every time I hear the verse or read the verse or think about the verse or remember the verse, he increased in wisdom. I have a hard time putting that in a bucket. <laughs> you know, if I think back to my Terry Bolden, Jesus doesn't fit in their box, uh, that's a tough one. But if Jesus can increase in wisdom, it feels like there is plenty of opportunity for us, right? So we should be very teachable. We should be very uh, open to uh, additional information, just like one of my favorite guys in the New Testament uh, from Acts 18, 24 through 28. He's got that? That's you again? Yes. I gave you all the hard names today. That's awesome. the, <laughs> you're welcome. After this, Paul's um, 18, 24, I'm sorry. Yep. Uh, now, a new, now a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus. He was an eloquent man, confident in the scriptures. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and being fervent in the spirit, Whoop, time out. So Apollos knew through Mark chapter 1, like the first half. And he was still fired up about Jesus. And somebody who knew, like Paul Harvey, the rest of the story, saw Apollos and said, you have some gaps how about we fix that? So let's keep going. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue, but when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, he, they took him and explained to him the way of God more accurately. And when he wished to cross to Achaia, the brothers encouraged him and wrote to the, to the disciples to welcome him. When he arrived, he, great, he greatly helped those who through grace had believed, for he powerfully refuted the Jews in public, showing by the scriptures Boom. <laughs> it helps when we have the whole story, right? Which I think is still one of the most amazing gifts that God has given to us to let us live where we live with the whole of the canon of Scripture already filled so that we get to see that whole story and actually know what is uh, coming up in advance. So the other one, the other verse, I think, Dave, you're up now. Second Timothy 4.13. Yes, there we go. So Paul was cold, he wanted some books, but above all the parchments. Yep. There was stuff that was beneficial to him that we do not believe was actually the original letters that he wrote to the churches because he didn't have those letters. He mailed them, right? So these would have been things that would have helped him and benefited him in his ministry. So there are things that we have access to that can help us and benefit us as we engage and study with God's word. And I am so incredibly grateful. Like if we only had the scripture and that was nothing else, what an amazing thing, right? But we also live in a day where 
resources to help us and assist us are just incredibly available. So our practice is to learn from others. Said another way, we need we. Um, so this next section, I'll give you a couple of minutes here to share your questions, not your answers. Your questions. Your questions. And if you don't have any questions, what I would encourage you to do is to look up any cross-references, so those tiny little uh, words and numbers in the margin uh, for a couple of minutes. So I'll give you uh, three minutes to do this. So share your questions. Again, this is not about answering. It's about questions. Share your questions with your table and then look up any cross-references that you have. So you may begin.
All right, I'm going to teach us a Bible word that's not really a Bible word. It's a word about the Bible that might help us. Hi, my name's Jim. Uh, talk a little more accurately about the different sections in the Bible. So if you look in your ESV at Mark 16, verses 1 through 8, what do you call the collection of verses 1 through 8? Like a section, right? Well, there's a specific specific term used for a collection of verses that basically compromise a thought. It's called a pericope. It looks like pericope if you were to spell it out, but it's pericope. And this is one way to say, if you were to compare the one, two, three, four pericopes in Mark chapter 16, it's a little bit more specific than just a section. So there's your geek out on the Bible word for the day. Uh, so let's move into process step number five. So if you would, what I would, and this is the share, right? So we share with lowliness, with intention, with calm, with patience. So there's a ton of Proverbs here. So who's got my Proverbs verses? We've got Proverbs 15, 28. Yes, ma'am. Nice and loud. So did it say the heart of the righteous studies the answer? How to answer. Because the righteous is assumed to actually know the answer. The heart of the righteous studies how to respond and in to engage. Two radically, totally different things, right? All right, Proverbs 17, 27. Yes, ma'am. Is there a word for our day? Would that might be it, right? Yeah. Even a fool who keeps silence is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he is deemed intelligent. That's exactly right. Like one of the, I had a mentor in work one time tell me one of the smartest things you can ever do in a meeting, Jim, is to sit back and go, hmm. Like that was it. <laughs> like don't actually open your mouth. Just mmm. And I thought, I feel like I've read that somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> yes, I actually had. It's awesome. And then Proverbs 18.13. Proverbs 18.13. Yes, sir. Uh, if one gives an answer before he hears, uh, it, uh, it is his folly and shame. Mm-hmm. It is his folly and shame to give an answer before he hears. So our actions here to speak the truth in love, trust the Lord with the outcome, because Ephesians 4, 11 through 16 is true. Got it? Excellent. Amen. 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 So love is our, our boundary. It is our uh, threshold for 
how we engage and how we do this. So question for each table. I would love for you guys to take 30 seconds and select one question that you guys came up with to share with the group. Just one, not the answer. We're not answering yet. We'll answer in the coming weeks. But one question from your table that was raised that you want to share. So I'll give you 30 seconds and we'll come back and we'll, this is your voting time. <laughs> Have we selected our answer, our question? Sorry, thank you. <laughs> selected the question. Now, I'm going to ask you a question about the question. The question about the question is, how would you go about answering? The, not, not what is the answer. How would you go about answering the question? This class, we practice process. <laughs> so how would you go about answering the question? So what is the question over here? Why does Mark reintroduce Mary? Good question. How would you go about answering that question? I think you have to go back through the text. You know. <gasps> That's the right answer. Yes. <laughs> Did you hear the wind rushing because I'm running so fast? <laughs> no. We go back to the text. Oh, hush, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we go back to the text. We go back to the text and do what? Look for context clues. Absolutely. Absolutely. Are we guaranteed to find an answer for that question? No. All right, so that's a really healthy attitude to approach with our question. So uh, the barber table. Yeah. Why did they believe Mary in verse 11? Why did they believe Mary in verse 11? Why did they not? Why did they not believe? I was going to say, they yeah. didn't believe Mary in right. verse 11. So, okay, good. Why did they not believe Mary in verse 11? So how would we go about answering that question? There you go. It could be that they were... Yeah, not answering. How would we answer? How would we answer? This is called metacognition. This is the process of thinking through how we think through something. Right? This is very helpful. So, all right, back table. Same question. Good. So, and how would you go about answering that question? Would you add anything to the barber table answer? They've never seen it. What have they had? Jesus. No, 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 no. How, how would you answer the question? You see how tempting it is? Like, oh, I know the end. There you go. Good. Good. Looking for something specific in the context. Excellent. All right. And last table, what was the question? I don't know who I'm looking at here. Everybody's looking at Jessica. Yep. <laughs> this is how I think. So, as I came up with the same question we thought we'd throw it out there is who is this man? The young man is So, try not to answer Who is the young man? Okay. The young man wearing the linen, the white? Yep. And how could we go about answering that question? I was so hoping somebody would say this. We could go through the other gospels. We are going to spend a lot of time looking at the other gospels 
for Mark chapter 16. Because if you compare the length of post-crucifixion text in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Mark is the, we've been skipping a rock across the story so far. At this point, Mark just basically throws the rock over the lake and we're just gonna get over there. Like that's where we're gonna be, right? So there's a ton more in the other gospels. Yes, yes, a thousand times yes, I am so excited. Good, good, good. Sure. What was my other question? So, like, what other resources do we have? Oh, yes. Good, good. Yes. Are there, are there resources that can help us understand cultural context? Yes, some, there are some really good commentaries that can assist us and help us kind of transport back into that space in that time and go, oh, like this is, these are the lenses that they looked through the world with. So, oh, okay, well that would make, their decisions actually make a lot of sense. Um, this, was one of the, this was one of the reasons I hated studying history in school because the, for the, the vast majority of my professors, it was, here are a set of facts that you should memorize. And I'm like, well, I can go look that up. What, what I want to know is why did they make this decision? Because it seems shockingly, ridiculously irrational to go and accomplish this particular action. Like, this seemed really dumb. So, like, why would I just go memorize a bunch of stuff that I can go look up later? And if I was a high school or a college student today, I would even, I would like triple down on that. Because... <coughs> Excuse me, because like we have a device that we like look up any of this stuff, right? It's not about the, the facts, it's about the context, it's about the understanding the larger setting. So, excellent, good, 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 good. All right, so there's one more step to the to the practice, and this is invite, invite. So, at the very bottom of your handout, or toward the very bottom of your handout, our job as members of our Sunday school is to invite a member and a non-member. So. Text them, call them, harass them, Facebook Messenger, I don't care. Invite, invite, invite. This is what we do. Uh, so, so there is that. And we are way past time, so we will skip the question for this week. But uh, we will pick it up next week, Lord willing, when uh, we begin into the text of Mark chapter 16. So I am excited. All right, so you should have a weekly update uh, at your table. If you would, put your names at the bottom of that. Uh, update any prayer requests, pray over a section or two or five of those prayer requests, and then once you are finished, you are free to go and to worship the one who was in fact serious about the, after three days, I will rise. And he did. And 2,000 years later, we are still getting excited about that. That is amazingly good news. So, thanks for coming today, guys. Thanks for engaging, and don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, YouTube channel, and weekly email. You can subscribe to all three of those at OurSundaySchool.com. Grace and peace to you.